And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Well, good morning, EFAM. My name is Ryan, and I'm the lead pastor here, and we are so excited that you're joining us for week two of our new series called Influencers. Maybe you're at home today watching on YouTube or Facebook, or maybe you're going to listen later in the week, or maybe you are here in person for Brunch Church. We do consider it an honor that you've chosen to worship with us today. Uh, The month of May looks a little bit different for our church as we've had to shut down our main auditorium uh, to do some necessary technology upgrades and things are moving along. It looks amazing. And so we appreciate your patience and understanding with that. Um, It's going to be awesome. I mean, awesome when we get back into into that room. And so thank you again for your patience. Well, let's prepare our hearts this morning for what the Lord wants to speak to us. And and I love to for us to repeat this prayer. I think it's a great way um, for us to prepare our hearts to kind of till the soil, so to speak, in our heart for God to speak to us. And so why don't you say this aloud with me today? Father, As I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. I read recently about some brave missionaries who bought one-way tickets to the mission field, and instead of them packing suitcases, they packed a few of their belongings in coffins. And they sailed out, and as they sailed out, they waved goodbye to everyone that they loved and everything that they knew because they knew they would never return. One of those missionaries was A.W. Milne, and he set sail for the South Pacific knowing full well that the headhunters who lived there had martyred every single missionary before him. And for 35 years, he lived among that tribe and loved them. And when he died, tribe members gave him one of the highest honors. They buried him in the middle of their village. And listen to what they inscribed um, on his tombstone. Here's what they said. That when he came, there was no light. But when he left there was no darkness. That when he came, there was no light, but when he left, there was no darkness. Friend, I call that an influencer. And the truth is, is that God has called all of us to be influencers. He's called all of us to allow ourselves to be used by Him in such a way that when people encounter us, they say the same thing about us when we leave. That when they came, there was no light. But when they left, there was no darkness. Friend, grab your Bible today and let's look at Matthew chapter 19 and And I want to do something a little bit different today. You know, many times we'll we'll grab our Bible and, and we'll look at a story in the Bible of somebody that got it right. 
But today, I want us to look at a story of somebody that got it wrong. And I want us to learn from his mistakes so that we don't make the same ones in our own life. You see, in Matthew chapter 19, we read about this young man who's actually described, he's not named. He's described as the rich young ruler. You may have heard of him before. And the reason why he was described as the rich young ruler is because he had plenty of money. Like the kind of money that other people would be envious of. And and he was young. He was in his 20s or 30s. And he was some sort of leader in the community. And here in Matthew chapter 19, Jesus and his disciples, they're, they're, they're kind of headed out on a journey when suddenly this rich young ruler, he runs up and he falls desperately at Jesus' feet. And I want us today to look at the interaction between this young man and Jesus. And I want us to see what we need to avoid in our own lives in order for us to be an influencer for the kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 19, starting in verse 16, says someone came to Jesus, this is speaking of this rich young ruler, that someone came to Jesus with, look, with this question, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? What good deed must I do to have eternal life? Now, friend, this is a telling statement. It's a telling statement because this guy has everything in life. I mean, he's young, he's he's rich, he's got money, he's a leader in the community, but he recognizes, get this, he recognizes that something was missing in his life. But we also see that he has this misguided view of of really what it means to be saved because he thinks that salvation comes by what he does. But Jesus helps him see the, the bigger picture. And we see in verse 17 that Jesus says, why, why ask me about what is good? That there is only one who is good. But to answer your question, Jesus says, if you want to receive eternal life, now look what he says here. He says, keep the commandments. Keep the commandments. Now, why would Jesus tell uh, him that eternal life is connected to the commandments? Friend, let me let let you in on on a little secret here. Jesus was setting him up. He wasn't giving him a a different path to heaven. He was leading this man on a journey towards an aha moment in his life. Have you ever had an aha moment in your life where it was just like the light bulb went uh, went off and and you all of a sudden understood what was happening? And, And that's what Jesus is doing with this rich young ruler in this moment. And in verse 18, The man says, which ones? And Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. He says, honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as 
yourself. And the young man says in verse 20, well, I've obeyed, I've obeyed all of these commandments. Can, I mean, can you hear uh, him in this moment? He's like, as Jesus is going through, you must not murder. Check. I, I'm good there. You must not commit adultery. Check. I got that. You must not steal. Check. You must not testify falsely. And so as Jesus is going through this list, I can see this young man just kind of checking the boxes off. And then he responds and he's like, well, I've obeyed all of these commandments. What else? What else must I do? And friend, there's an important principle here that if we aren't careful, that we will read right over. You see, if you notice here, Jesus doesn't correct him and Jesus doesn't argue with this young man, which which tells me that the guy wasn't lying. Like that list of things that Jesus says you can't do, and he says, I've done them all, what else? That, that he wasn't lying. And here's why this is so important. Because it helps us see something, and, 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 and don't drift off, hold on just a second. It helps us see, listen, that we can do nothing wrong and still do nothing right. Did you catch that? That we can do nothing wrong and still not do anything right. Let me say it like this. I wonder sometimes if we as Christ followers, if we focus too much on what we shouldn't do, that we overlook what we should do. Do you get that? that we focus so much on what we shouldn't do that we overlook the things that God is calling us to do. Friend, if you're taking notes today, I want you to write this down. The potential is God's gift to us. What we do with it is our gift back to God. Let me say that one more time. Potential is God's gift to us. What we do with it is our gift to God. You see, I don't, I don't think that God's ultimate purpose for our life is for you and I to come to church for 75 minutes each week because we can still go to church every Sunday of our life and still never be an influencer for the kingdom of God. Listen to this. This guy was following the rules, but he wasn't following Jesus. Did you catch that? He was following all the rules, but he wasn't following Jesus. I mean, this guy was, was young. He had, he had all the energy. He had all the enthusiasm to be able to advance the gospel, but he didn't do any of it. He was rich. He had all of this money and this wealth, but he didn't leverage his wealth to advance the kingdom of God. This guy had strategic relationships. I mean, he was a leader within the community. He had the kind of relationships to be able to open doors, to get into places with the kingdom of God that maybe the disciples could have never gone, but he did nothing with it. 
and in verse 21, it says that Jesus told him, He told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And then Jesus says, then come and follow me. Friend, this is a defining moment for this young man because Jesus is like, it's all or nothing. And so in this one statement that Jesus, that we see from Jesus, we see this powerful truth that if Jesus isn't Lord of all, then he isn't Lord at all. Did you catch that? That if Jesus isn't Lord of all of our life, then he isn't Lord at all in our life. Friend, Jesus doesn't want us to, doesn't want to be just a, an add-on in our life. He doesn't want to just be a condiment in our religious um, uh, journey with Him. He doesn't want to be relegated to, to one day of the week rather than, than every area of our life. Now watch how this guy responds to Jesus' invitation here in verse 22. But when the young man heard this, that he went away sad. He went away sad for he had many possessions. Church, he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. His possessions had such a hold on him that he couldn't let them go. And as a result, he missed out on an opportunity of a lifetime. Friend, I want you to consider for a moment this morning. What if that were you? What if that were you? What would you have done? Would you have given up everything? Or would you have walked away just like this young man walked away? You see, much like this rich young ruler, I'm afraid that many of us, that we're willing to follow Jesus but the moment that it becomes a little bit inconvenient, we disengage. Hear me, church. You and I will never experience the power and the joy and the purpose and the peace and the fulfillment that God desires for us to experience if we aren't willing to be inconvenienced in our life. If you don't believe me, take a look at Scripture. Look all through Scripture. I can't think of a single person who God used to influence the lives of others for the kingdom of God who didn't have a high tolerance for inconvenience. And church, I can't think of a more strategic time in the history of our church for us to embrace the inconvenience so that God can use us to influence the lives of others for the kingdom of God. Church, God is up to something here. 
and we now find ourselves facing a similar encounter that this rich young ruler faced. And for us to continue to reach our community, it's going to require us to embrace the inconvenience. The inconvenience of a building project where we have to spend four to five Sundays in the cafe. The inconvenience of us sacrificing financially and being consistent with our tithes and our offerings and our missions giving so that we can, can be a kingdom influence for generations to come. The inconvenience of, of serving on a Sunday or a Wednesday, the inconvenience of, of using our gift if we're a musician or, or we like technology running a camera or being an usher or a greeter or maybe ministering to our, our little babies once a month in the nursery. Or maybe, or maybe the inconvenience of finally getting up on Sunday morning and putting clothes on and being faithful at church again. Or maybe the inconvenience of, of kind of stepping out and inviting somebody to church. Or maybe the inconvenience of getting your teenagers in the car on Wednesday after school and driving them here to church so that they can be a part of the youth group. Friend, hear my heart. Hear my heart this morning that Christianity isn't a religion of convenience. It's not a religion of convenience. Throughout Scripture and in the New Testament, those that were followers of Christ were people that laid down their life. They gave up their rights. They gave up everything that they had in order to be a follower of Christ and to take the message of the gospel all around the world. And friend, in our society, we've gotten so comfortable that we've taken Christianity and the gospel and, and we kind of we pepper it in our lives. We kind of shake it into our lives every once in a while or it's kind of like one of those plates that have the different compartments, right? I mean, how many people don't like their food to touch, right? And so you use these, these plates that, that have compartments in order to keep your food from touching and that's not the way that God has called us to live. God hasn't called us to, to take church and the kingdom of God and just put it in a compartment in the, on the plate of our life that, that he's called us to, 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 to give it all to him. And we see this in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Paul says, and it's, a, it's an urging, it's a, it's a plead. He says, and so dear brothers, sisters friend he's talking about followers of Christ he's not talking to the unsaved he's talking about the brothers and sisters he says I plead I plead with you to give your bodies to God why because of all that he has done for you for all that he's done for you let them your bodies let them be a living and a holy sacrifice, 
Friend, a sacrifice is something that's laid down. It's something that's that's given up. Like, what does that look like in our lives? And Paul is like, like we are supposed to give our lives as, as a sacrifice. It says the kind that he will find acceptable. And then it says this, that this is truly the way to worship him. Think about that last statement for a second. The true way of worshiping him isn't whether we come in and we sing a few songs on a Sunday. It's not whether we listen to Christian radio or listen to a few worship songs during the week in our car. That the way that we worship him is the way that we live our lives. It's whether we are deciding to be all in or not. It's whether we're deciding to live a compartmentalized life where we relegate God to a certain day of the week or whether we give Him every area of our life. And so friend, I think the question that that God would have all of us to ask about ourselves is that will we be a community of believers that embraces inconvenience? Will we allow God to do what He wants to do through our lives and through this church, even if it's inconvenient for us? Friend, I don't know about you, but I know what my answer is, that I say yes. I say that God has done too much in my life and for my life for me to hold on to my life to myself that I want to use my life to make an impact in the lives of other people so that all of these people outside of our church and in the city of Tallahassee and down Old Bainbridge and down High Road and and all the neighboring communities around us, that they can come to know the Lord Jesus as their Savior, that their marriages can be restored, that their lives can be restored, that they can be forgiven of their sins, that their addictions can be free. that that they can come to know Christ. But friend, that only happens if you and I will make the choice to be inconvenienced so that God can get all the glory. Would you bow your head with me today? Father, we come to you. And Lord, we ask you to forgive us forgive us for living our life our way. Friend, right now, with your head bowed and eye closed, if that's you, don't let me pray the prayer for you. But in this moment, just between you and God, just ask Him to forgive you. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us for serving you as long as it's convenient. Forgive us for assuming that that being a Christ follower means that there's no risk in our life. Father, forgive us for living our lives about ourselves rather than leveraging the gifts and the talents and the resources and the finances that you've blessed us with in order to make a difference in the lives of others. Father, I pray that our church 
will be known in such a way in this community and in this city that when we leave, the people will say of us that when we came, there was no light. But when we left, there was no darkness. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.